Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Top Podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and joining with me is Lou. It is with heavy hearts that we are to say that Mike tried drinking a gallon of eggnog and has been in the bathroom ever since. So we'll see if he is able to come out between dry heaves and talk to us. But right now we have a guest. You've heard him talked about throughout the podcast. He animates. He does movies. He scares Lucian sometimes playing poker. He's a man of many different abilities and trades. He is Mike's cousin, friend, and editor of the podcast. He helps us with a lot of audio work. Jacob. Hey, everybody. Lou, I'm still feeling bad about scaring you. You guys explained later on, I am hard of hearing. So I have a tendency to talk loud, especially if people who don't know me hear me talking loud. Uh, they don't know and don't know to tell me I'm talking too loud. And then I'll just keep going and going and going like I'm on an angry rant when really I just can't hear my own volume. You've, you've treated me good throughout the years. You were pushing coffee on me uh, and, and helping me out through tough times. I've only appreciated you. Uh, I just didn't know you were deaf, so I didn't understand why you were yelling. But <laughs> I I value you as a person. Thanks, man. Yeah, I forgot that you were, you were part of the now defunct black aprons, right, for Starbucks? They are back, I believe, but I don't think they're called what they used to be called. So what is that again? It's like you spent, like, you went overseas and, like, trained in the, the ways of the coffee bean or no, something? No, 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 that would have been, that would have been fun. No, <laughs> Starbucks doesn't do fun things. <laughs> no, uh, they uh, gave me a book and a CD and said, uh, read this, watch this, learn about it. And then if you answer some questions and pass a test at the end, we'll call you a uh, coffee master and say you're certified. Bam. There, that's more. So I'm a certified coffee master. And because they discontinued the program and changed it, my certification never actually expired. So I guess technically I'm still a certified coffee master. It's true. We'll have to send you some G3 coffee beans and let you uh, give you your certified opinion on those. Hey, I opened a uh, Twitter account today just to enter that contest. Thank you. Uh, By now, you would have already been listening to it. So Merry Christmas, everyone. This comes out on Christmas on Christmas Day. Uh, I'll be doing the giveaway and we'll announce the winner there. But yeah, since it is Christmas, one of the major traditions with friend groups is white elephants. Have you guys done white elephants before? Oh, absolutely. So the question this week for an icebreaker is, where is the best place to buy white elephants? Where's your go-to spot? And, and I'm talking about like things you would actually, not just like trash, because I, I don't like those people that just like pick up random crap off their floor and throw it in a bag and call it a gift. But like when I do white elephants, I want to be able to, I, I want to get something that I wouldn't mind taking home. So what's like a real gift? And I'll start off, for me, it's Salvation Army. That's my, my first place to go to. You never know what amazing stuff you can find there. You can get some cool t-shirts. Or we found these mason jars that had like a wine glass stem. Like it was glued to it or some way. So it's just really janky redneck looking things. But they're like 50 cents each. So me and my wife got some for our kitchen. And it's just you never know what you're going to find in Salvation Army. So for me, that's always the first place I go to. Yeah, I don't want to copy you or anything, but that was going to be my answer as well. This year, though, I brought one of my wife's original paintings as a uh, white elephant gift. I think that's a pretty cool, pretty cool thing I did. That is, yeah, that's cool. For me... I- Right down the street in Livonia, we have this place called the uh, Town Peddler Craft and Antique Mall. And it's every kind of weird tchotchke you could possibly think of. 
And the farther back into the store you go, uh, the less the organization structure makes sense. So you can go in there, get lost, and find just the most bizarre, random things. I think my favorite one year uh, was a 3D printed octopus with the rock's head on it called oh. Rocktopus. <laughs> I think I've seen those online. You found one? Yeah, they were just selling it in this antique mall. I don't know if that counts as an antique, but, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, I wouldn't call it an antique myself either. And uh, I think antiques a stretch for this place. <laughs> but uh, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just mountains of the most bizarre things you'll ever see. And Lou, you, yes, uh, you've been there before? Like, it sounded like you, you knew what you were yes, talking about. Yeah, so is it, uh, are they, are there street names? Are there like, how it's organized? It's like, it's I on, think it's on they Plymouth. Have, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I get what you're asking. Yes, I do believe yeah. it was organized by street names. Yeah, so you go into there and it's so big that they list all the aisleways as streets. So uh, my uh, church, <laughs> we had a uh, scavenger hunt and one of the clues was in that store. And I've never seen so many old ladies freak out when like a bunch of people rush uh, that place all at once. I almost thought they were going to call the cops on us. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, they've probably never seen it before. Uh, another question. Do you guys feel like you're in the Christmas spirit? Has it hit you yet? Or has it kind of died down from when you were a kid? Or what are you guys feeling right now? Oh, dude. I'm always excited for Christmas to get here. I, I'm a huge Christmas fan. I love the mo movies, the music, the atmosphere, the aesthetic of it. So I am absolutely in the Christmas spirit right now. Do you go to the? Do you ever go to the movies on Christmas? One time I went to the theater at Christmas. Like I think going to the movies could be fun if the right things out and you got the right group of people. It's true. This I year I don't do anything worth going to go see. I think Aquaman comes out Christmas weekend. So if you want to go see that. Yeah, I think I've seen like three movies in the theater this year, maybe four. It's been kind of a down year for me for movies. It's been a down year for movies in general. It's true. Little strike kind of killed the momentum. I was excited for Dune. I'm I'm kind of glad it was pushed back because I just started picking up and I I read it like halfway, moved to North Dakota and then I I just put it down. So I went to Barnes and Noble. You got the book? Yeah, uh, I got the book. Oh, great book. I went to Barnes and Noble a, f a couple weeks ago, and there was this really nice hardcover. And I'm a sucker for hard, like nice hardcover, so I'm like, I already have the cheap paperback, but I, I want this, so I bought it, and I'm starting to read it again. Hopefully, I'll be done by the time the, the movie comes out. But I did see the first half of the movie, which was just past where I got before I, I left off, or just after where I left off. So I didn't really spoil too much, but yeah, I, I thought the first movie was great. Looks great too, and yeah, I thought the movie was excellent. I even like the original. A lot of people think it's not the greatest, but uh, without that first Dune movie, we wouldn't have a lot of the special effects we have today. Lou, are you in the Christmas spirit? Uh, yeah, honestly, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Christmas, as you get older, it starts to feel more like a chore than it is like a time of like giving and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I recently, uh, today, I went to the coffee shop. I gave one of the I gave one of the coffee baristas like a, a pretty big tip. Uh, and I felt really, really good. So I kind of put me kind of in the Christmas spirit, like giving. But yeah, it just feels like now that I'm like, uh, yeah, now I feel like I'm doing a lot more in church and uh, just like for other people. It just, sometimes it just feels stressful. Yeah, I get that. I feel like I haven't felt like the, the quote unquote Christmas spirit in a while. I, I feel like that's part of growing up. It's like as a kid, obviously you love it because you're getting stuff. And then 
Like right now, it's just me and my wife. We don't have like all of our family around there. So that's, I feel like that's half the fun of when you're an adult is, you know, going and hanging out with family. And then I, I feel like the next step on the Christmas spirit thing is like you, when you have kids or, you know, a young, I guess you could even right. like uh, nieces and nephews, but like when you're starting to give them gifts and like, I feel like that's the, the next step in the Christmas journey. And I'm just like, we're, me and my wife are nowhere close to that. So she loves Christmas. She's in the Christmas mood. I'm just like, I kind of forced myself to listen to the Christmas music today just to kind of get in the mindset for the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, crocheted quite a bit of gifts this year. Uh, I crocheted a whale. I crocheted two hats for my sister and her boyfriend. So I'm looking forward to giving them to giving them their gifts. I think then it'll kind of put me better in the Christmas, mm-hmm. Christmas spirit. Because uh, I'm not, I've never been the one to make handmade gifts for somebody. And so this is the first year I'm really doing that. All right. So for this Christmas episode, we kind of have a menagerie of things. And our first one is going to be, what is your favorite Christmas movie? And I'll start off first. And for me, it is the 1946 classic, It's a Wonderful Life. No, 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 no. I'll look, Joe. I'll look. I, I, I want a big one. That's what she said. <laughs> have you guys seen it? Oh, wow, absolutely. That's cool. Old school. Yeah. I have not seen it. I've heard about it, though. Yeah, it's uh, obviously it is super old school. You know, like my, my grandpa. My grandpa would have seen it when uh, when it came out, but it's uh, so it was originally in black and white, but you can find colorized versions of it now. It's it's kind of weird because it's not overtly a Christmas story. It just kind of happens on Christmas, but really you only ever watch it during the Christmas season, which is kind of what I consider a Christmas movie. Like if someone said, you want to watch It's a Wonderful Life and it was May, I'd be like, no, I'm, that's no, that's stupid. It's just a great, a great film. Basically, it, it deals with this guy. He's going through hard times and all that, and he kind of sees... He thinks like his life is worthless and that, you know, be better off if he just died. And he struggles with like some mental health stuff and depression and all that. And it, it really just kind of lets you take a step back and see that like, hey, even though he he didn't go and achieve all the dreams that he wanted, like without him, the community around him would have just like crushed and been nothing. And like, even though he had these big dreams and he felt like he was a failure, what he did for his community has made like his life worth it. One thing I, I was kind of reading some Reddit comments and seeing what other people think. I just think this quote really sets it up. It's a Wonderful Life is a story of an ordinary man who resented himself coming to realize that he did okay after all. And I just think that's a great thing to see. Even the little things you do in your life can affect other people and it builds them up and everything. And I, it's a very heartwarming story. It's gut-wrenching, make you cry at times. And it, it just, I think it does a really good job, especially for the 1940s. It's a great answer. I love It's a Wonderful Life too. We watch that every year as we hang our tree. That's one of our uh, consistent Christmas traditions. It's a great movie. So, Jacob, you're up next if you want to let us know what your favorite Christmas movie is. You already touched on it a second ago, Rob. My favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard. It's Christmas Eve in L.A. California. Is Daddy coming home, Sue? Well, we'll see what Santa and Mommy can do, okay? Is it? Ah, so I had a feeling. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? I say yes, and I'm happy to defend that. What, what's your number one argument for why it's a Christmas movie? All right, so everyone thinks Home Alone's a Christmas movie, and I agree. And Home Alone is about someone who wants to be with their family at Christmas and stops robbers. Die Hard is a movie about a guy who wants to be with his family at Christmas and stops robbers. It's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not going to hear any pushback for me it takes place at christmas uh christmas is actually a vital component of the story he's going there for a christmas parties going to be with his family at christmas there's constantly christmas movie music throughout the movie there's 
all sorts of references to the fact that it's Christmas. I say it's a Christmas movie. Why Why do you say it beats out the other like more traditional Christmas movies? Because it's so different from other Christmas movies, right? You got so many traditional ones. This one kind of stands apart. It's its own unique blend of action and Christmas. And then uh, until uh, Violent Night came out, which was another, uh, I hope, Christmas classic, there really weren't a lot of movies like it. And the director set it at Christmas, knowing that because he did that, it would be shown at Christmas. At the end of every year, when it's airing on all the television stations, we would get to see it at Christmas, and they'd get a nice bonus check at the end of the year from all the airings. That's fair, that's fair. Mike, are, are you finally pulled yourself away from the toilet? That was the longest experience of my life. We're talking about our uh, our favorite Christmas movies, our, our top Christmas movie right now. Jacob, I right. said I said It's a Wonderful Life. Jacob is telling oh. us why Die Hard is, in fact, a Christmas movie. I suspected as much. I didn't get any right. uh, debate from you guys, so I guess I'm not really having to fight for my opinion hard. But my main argument, Mike, was that if Home Alone's a Christmas movie, then Die Hard is also a Christmas movie. Honestly, that's not a bad way to approach it. I've always felt, I think this was your argument, or I heard it from you first, Jacob, that uh the marketing for Die Hard is just that like there's no conversation to be had after that. Well yeah. Because uh, it was marketed as a Christmas movie, right? Well, yes and no. It uh the studio itself has uh produced Christmas commercials afterwards, uh declaring it the best Christmas movie ever made. If you go on YouTube and look up Die Hard Christmas commercial, uh yeah, okay. 20th Century Fox has made a Christmas-specific commercial for the movie, really uh, honing in on the Christmas elements in the film. So, yes, okay. it's advertised as a Christmas movie. Yeah. I yeah. got the uh, special Christmas edition box cover of nice. the movie when I got it physically. So they're selling it as Christmas merchandise. And if nothing else, we have an argument every year, we being the world as a whole, about right. whether or not Die Hard's a Christmas movie. That by itself has become a Christmas tradition, <laughs> making Die Hard an annual part of our Christmas experience. That's, that's it, right? Actually, that's super meta, which means I like it. I've actually never seen Die Hard, so that's why I can't, you know, go into this fight. I usually will pick whatever side has the least support and then side with them <laughs> whenever I'm talking with people in real life. It's hilarious. I heard an argument about it once in a different podcast where somebody broke down the numbers like how many christmas trees how many times do you see santa how many gifts and the christmas imagery in die hard outstrips almost any other classic christmas movie you can think of which is also i think a pretty pretty strong argument there is so much christmas music in that movie i just went and saw it on the uh, big screen or its 35th anniversary, and I was keeping track of songs specifically, and there are just so many. Yeah, like I think it has all the the markers of things you'd find in a Christmas movie. Like I'd, I'd be willing to bet you could put down all the stats and then give people blinds, like pick out which of these are Christmas movies, and I bet you a bunch of people would pick Die Hard. Yeah, probably outshine a lot of them. I'm not sure. Right. That people would be like, well, that's clearly the Christmas-iest. 
Christmas movie. Mike, you want to tell us what your your favorite one is? Your favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie. It's so hard. One and two, you could go either direction. But if Jacob went Die Hard, um, I'll just go for variety and say Elf. Yeah, I could watch Elf any day of the year and not have a problem with it. It is hysterically funny. The cast is absolutely stacked. Uh, the concept is it's got that brilliant simplicity that you need in a Christmas movie. Endlessly quotable. And uh, what can I oh, get you for Christmas? Don't tell him what you want. He's a liar. Let the kid talk. You disgust me. How can you live with yourself? Just cool it, Zippy. You sit on a throne of lies. And it also just kind of makes you feel good. It's everything you want from from a Christmas time uh, Christmas time movie. You know, I think it's the perfect perfect package. And it's like the only thing I like Will Ferrell. I have not been overly impressed with almost anything he's been in. Besides Elf. I love Elf. Oh, and oh, Anchorman. Anchorman's great. I was about to say, you're a huge Anchorman fan. Those are the two. Those are the two. Yeah, it took me the longest time to realize that the love interest was Zoe Deschanel. Like, yeah, just, dude, you just could through me without, off. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. I had Mike, probably seen, seen all of New Girl twice before I put it together that that was Zoe Deschanel. Mike, have you seen the episode of Movies That Made Us or Elf on Netflix? I don't think so. No, I uh, uh been on Netflix in a minute. So I, it definitely hasn't popped up in a suggested feed or anything because I think I only I think I saw the Die Hard and the Home Alone one, and that was about it. Oh, dude, the Elf one's fantastic. You learned so many ways that Will Ferrell was just pissing people off in the most hilarious <laughs> way. You know that uh, one part where he uh, asks to be tucked in? Was yeah. Yeah. So that was him just ad-libbing it. So when uh, James Caan, his, the guy playing his dad, gets pissed, he's actually livid at Will Ferrell. That was not in the script. That's amazing. Well, And also, the whole sequence where he's running around New York just being weird and experiencing New York, I'm pretty sure they just set up cameras and were like, go, be yourself. And it was all just really completely ad-libbed and just Will Ferrell being Will Ferrell. How did, awesome. how did no one like recognize him? Because he was still a big name like when that elf came out. Uh, my, guess York, is, right? my guess is, yeah, it's New York. People are used to crazy stuff going on. And I'll bet you there were a ton of people who recognized him, and that's just footage they used. Yeah, that's fair. If I were to, if I were to guess. You yeah. know, people aren't looking for celebrities out on the street. Henry Cavill went and stood on, in uh, Times Square under a poster for Superman. And no one recognized him. So that's fair. That was he wearing glasses? Oh, uh, I don't believe so. I think he was uh. wearing a suit at the time. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. How often do you expect to see Will Ferrell dressed as uh, an elf? Every day of my life. Just I'm looking walk. for it. You're looking for him? Yeah. Out, out in the oil field. I'm like, where is, where's Buddy? <laughs> Rob, if you're ever in a field and you see a man in an elf costume walking towards you, I right. should just I'm you get run. proud of that. Yeah. I'd be more nervous to see that than like a clown. Ooh. Depends on the type of time of year. That's a good question. Well, isn't it always Christmas in North Dakota? Uh, not in the summer. Then it's uh, scorching hot. Lou, what's Fair your enough. what's your Fair. favorite Christmas movie? My favorite Christmas movie. Uh I can't I don't know which one I want to pick. Okay. Let's do I think since we're all on the same kind of vibe with is it a Christmas movie, is it not a Christmas movie? Home Alone 2 for me. Ooh, it's home like crazy. Classic. Uh, I love it. 
I've I've always been a big so I grew up watching Jackass. I was gonna hit. The, I was gonna say Donald Trump was in there. Yeah, but yeah, I've always been a big Jackass fan. So I love seeing people get hurt. I don't know what is about me. I think it's just like my sinful nature that I need to pray about every single day. Uh, you know, I, I even in the past, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I love when the lady, the stomp great lady, she fell. Mm-hmm. Even at a very young age, I've, I've been a huge fan. And so Home Alone 2 just really just ticks the boxes for me. More than the first one. I love one. how, more the, well, I mean, the stunts get in just way crazier compared to the first one to the second one. It's like it went from a house to a whole building. I love it. Yeah, some of my favorite ones are the nail gun. Where uh, Evan attached the handle of a door to a nail gun, to a, like to a rope to a nail gun. And the guy kept pulling the rope as he was pulling the knob and it was attached to a nail gun and it got him uh, in his nuts. And as a child, forgot about I that. couldn't stop. I could not stop laughing. Classic the, comedy though. The fire rope where they're climbing up the rope and he sets the thing on fire. It smells like kerosene. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is the classic, uh, the classic bag of tools that just completely just gets <laughs> unzipped. It just crashes right in the dude's head. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that I was younger, I didn't know who Joe Pesci was. To come to see that from him being like a mobster who's just like aching dudes, but just being the silly old robber who's just getting destroyed by a child. I think it's it's funny. I like to p- pretend that uh, in the character he's also a mobster and he's just getting destroyed by a child. And he's just like a bad mobster. And he's just like yeah, like. Yeah, like he just like ruined the wrong. He just got kicked out of the mafia, and now he's just like rotting, stealing things from a with a big old like the earlier guy. Mike, have you heard the fan theory that Kevin grows up to become Jigsaw? I've heard it. I haven't what now explored it that thoroughly, but I I, I feel I get it. It's wild. I mean, well, the theory. Yes, I can see. Kevin got a taste for blood, making traps for the. Uh, robbers and just kept getting more and more elaborate until we eventually get to uh the days that the movies uh saw are set in and he becomes jigsaw there is about a 30 year age difference i think you have to account for yes yeah, but like the age gap is too too big for that but i do love the idea i wish it were true that's wild i have nothing to say about that have you seen the saw movies me yeah me i've seen the first one. I mean, if you think people getting hurt is funny, you'd probably love Saw. <laughs> a little bit different, you know. They it, they get up, you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Uh, I I would not show my children. Aaron <laughs> Wild. There's one that really scarred, and I don't know which one it was. But. Do you remember what the trap was? Uh, yeah, the the drug lady had to jump into the needles. Oh, Jesus. Two. Yeah, yeah, cool. that one is easily one of the worst. Like, there are so many more brutal things that happen in that series, but that needle pit, man. <laughs> also, like the fact that he pushed 
her into it too. And they could all survived if they would just work together, but they didn't. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, especially right. the the twist with her at the end, and I, it's just like, man, sucks for her. Right. Yeah. Well, Mike, I'll let since you're back, and this is technically your week, I'll let you carry on your hosting abilities if you're in a good spot for that. I don't know if you're still riding in the car. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, no, I'm home. I'm at the screen. I'm sure, my tummy will feel better for the rest of the show. After Christmas movies, we are going to talk. We're going to do our favorite Christmas presents. This is a tough one for me because trying to I'm trying to balance between how excited I was when I got the gift versus which do I look back on more fondly ultimately. And I think that's where I'm going to go. So I would have been I've been pre-eighth grade. So I think it was middle school. So probably the the, the Christmas of sixth grade. I told everybody who asked what I wanted for Christmas, I, I don't get me a present. I want a GameCube. I know nobody's going to buy me a GameCube. Just give me money and I will buy a GameCube. And uh, my birthday is in December. And so between my birthday and Christmas, I got enough to buy the GameCube with the Mario Kart Double Dash pack-in mm-hmm. and a Game Boy player. I did not have enough money to buy a memory card. <laughs> so we played the, the the base courses of Mario Kart Double Dash a lot. And I played a lot of Game Boy games. And then eventually I saved up and got a memory card. And that's when things really took off. But uh, yeah, I I still love playing GameCube. It's one of my favorite consoles of all time. And Double Dash is my Mario Kart. And yeah, it's just that that was a great Christmas. Fine. Like my parents were the type where they were like, OK, we'll let you buy the GameCube early, but you can't play it until Christmas morning. And so I got the excitement of getting up Christmas morning and instead of opening my gift, I just hit play. And uh, yeah, it, it's definitely the, uh, the the purple GameCube, the classic color one. I love GameCube. It was, uh, I think, underrated. Oh, 100%. I am a huge GameCube fan. Uh, That would have been my number two. What would have been uh, getting a GameCube Christmas Day. That was a a combined present to me and my brother. Did they have a a, a clear one? Like a see-through? I don't know. I know the 64 had that. The 64 had that, and it looks sick. Yeah. And it came in like a million different colors. I think the 64 has the most variants out of any console period. Probably. They definitely made clear boys because I had a clear Game Boy. Yeah, I had the clear yeah. purple Game Boy. That one was it was it was super cool. I was thinking maybe I was thinking I was like looking it up, having our intern look it up, and I see that they have like a clear like a uh, gaming controller, and there's some like oh, custom yep. stuff. So I don't know if it's I don't know if that's on brand or not. I, I did have the clear controller, it, but it was only clear on the back. It was like normal purple on the top. And then a clear back so you could see all the buttons and workings when you flipped it over. Man. And C-Stick, man. That's oh, true. Good yeah. times. The one weak point of the the system. Not if you're playing Smash. Well, sure. I personally, yeah, I'm a big fan of the C-Stick. Uh, my favorite Christmas present was actually a trip that uh, my family took us on. One year, instead of presents... We did a incredible trip to Hawaii and so many great memories and experiences there. Highlight would have been uh, a helicopter tour around the islands, flying through a rainbow that actually become uh, rings 
once you get higher up. And that was an incredible. Yeah, that kicks my GameCube's ass. <laughs> I don't think any of us will top that. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, Christmas in Hawaii, uh, we uh, went to a luau. It was a really incredible once in a lifetime experience. Well, thank you for listening to this week's yeah. episode of the Top Note. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else we can say. Once we start getting sponsors, we'll have our own trip. There we go. Don't worry, guys. Man, that sounds so good. But did it snow? There was uh, no snow. Not not Christmas. Uh, Christmas is ruined. But uh, it's like the song says, here we know that Christmas will be green and bright. So that's fair. It was a wonderful trip. And uh, Rob, you guys talked about uh, movies at Christmas time. One day we did a trip uh, hiking uh, some mountains and we were just exhausted after so we were saying well we can uh go back and relax in the hotel but if we're just going to be chilling out why don't we go see a new a movie uh star wars episode 7 had just come out that weekend so we went and saw nice. star wars episode 7 oh. in hawaii and uh that was when disney still made good so, star wars back movies. when we had hope and it was <laughs> a uh great experience and a uh great moment to relax and still have a blast on the hawaii trip okay so this is a bit of a star wars tangent but i was thinking about this uh when i was recording long distance situationship with kyle last night if kylo ren can stop a laser beam with his hands could he bend a lightsaber beam with the force i don't think so he doesn't bend the the bolts he just stops it to answer your uh star wars tangent mike uh in I think the Obi-Wan show, Darth Vader does the same thing Kylo Ren did, but with a lightsaber. And it doesn't bend, he just stops it from moving closer to him. It was like the one good scene in that whole TV show. I was just thinking about that. I was like, could you imagine you're in one of those, like, our lightsabers are pressed together and we're pushing back and forth. And then the other dude just like, yeah. And then the other dude just like bends his lightsaber around and just cuts your hand off. It'd be unstoppable. It also looks stupid, but. There's also like. Back in Star Wars lore, some people had adjustable lightsabers so they could like adjust the length, and like that would have been OP if you were like in a lock and just made it longer and like stabbed them that way. But anyways, right? We're talking about Christmas, not Star Wars, unless it's the Star Wars holiday special. But we're not talking about that, I don't think. <laughs> Can I change my number one Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> Too late, we're past it. One day I'd like to go to Hawaii, but it's just so dang expensive. It is. Lou, do you want to go next? Or do you want me to? Sure, I can go next. My number one Christmas gift, uh, which I honestly was looking at the picture of it right now, and I don't know if this is a Christmas gift or not. Uh, this has happened a long time ago, but I'm looking at the picture, and my house does not look very Christmassy in the picture. But I'm going to shoot for it. It's my it's my truth, and you guys can't tell me otherwise. Uh, it's the 2003 uh, Donkey Konga video game. For the With game. the bongos? With the bongos. Wow. I remember yeah. that. There has been just, you know, because a lot of people have given me Christmas gifts since then. I think I was like, I don't know, in like third grade. So not the best Christmas present I've ever received, just in case uh, a wife is listening and is feeling some type of way. But it is, I do remember being absolutely geeked out when I unwrapped it. And there's uh, photographic evidence of me geeking out uh, with my grandfather being like, what the hell is wrong with this kid? I grew up, I loved drums. My father was in a band. And so I loved, always loved the rhythm. The Donkey Kong game, if you don't know, it's a rhythm game, kind of like Guitar Hero before Guitar Hero was a thing. And instead of both guitar, it came with bongos. And uh, you had to follow, just like 
Guitar Hero, you had Follow the Beat. And uh, I I used it so much they wore out the the rubber on top of the the bongo. So okay. whoa, uh, I was best believe I was a I didn't wear it completely out, but I, there was definitely marks. I smacked the mess out of the thing. Yeah, it was a good time. I, I uh, my favorite was I had a lot of favorite songs, uh, but my favorite was Louie Louie. It was the Louie Louie, and then. It was like a clapping part. You mean Pharaoh, Pharaoh? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, baby, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So there was a clapping part that would register for the bongo. And I thought, at the time, I thought that was like putting edge thing. It was peak and gaming. Looking back right? at it, yeah, that was absolute peak gaming. I was a sweat. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good time. Do you have the bongos? Uh, no, I didn't keep anything. Everything that I've had has been destroyed. I have not been able to keep anything my all my my guitar from guitar heroes destroyed the whammy bar gone was gone i grew up a poor kid so i didn't really appreciate anything that was given to me i never played the the dk bongo one i always wanted to but i always loved the the mario ddr they made hey what's that it was a good time it was dance dance revolution but mario so it was like all mario uh, characters yeah very cool and it, it's i think, I think it's, it's worth a good a pretty penny now yeah i think Imagine. that's one of the most expensive gamecube items out there Nintendo regrets letting them uh, use Mario as a character in that game, from what I've heard. Yeah, Nintendo, I don't, I don't trust them to make their own choices oh, or regret things smartly. It's actually not that bad now. The bundle is only seventy five bucks. Oh wow! Do you guys, and this is a little off topic, but do you guys um, have a problem with playing like old school Mario games like on a ROM? Dude, not at all. Thinking? Okay. Especially now if Nintendo's policy to like they're not good for what's the term like making historical games. Yeah, like if they sold me the game and I could pay them money to have access to the game on a system that like they would actually get, I would pay them and I I wouldn't be down to pirate. But if you don't make your game available for purchase, the only option is either to pirate it or to buy it used, which is money. Either way, like Nintendo sees the same per profit if I buy a used game on Amazon or if I pirate the game. They're doing it to themselves and everyone would buy it. They've It's been shown so many times. If you release these games, people will buy them and they're still not doing it. It's their own fault if they don't want the money. I love so many Nintendo games, but at the same time, man, Nintendo. They're some of the easiest games to port to. Like those old Nintendo yeah. games are not complicated. And it... it just regular people are able to quickly put it on a computer and run it flawlessly. There's no reason they can't put that on the switch. They'd be making a fortune because all these retro gamers would be jumping on there. Although I guess nowadays they do have the uh, digital stores. Yeah, but like um, the Wii U they don't even have the- had a great virtual console yeah. library that was like insane. And so like I bought like the Pokemon games on there again, the original ones. And like it was insane, just the virtual console they had. But then they took it away for Switch for some reason. So, Rob, yeah, I they think wanted to the switch to the Netflix model. Mm-hmm. Rob, I think you're the only person I know who actually had a Wii U. Yep, same <laughs> for the most part. It was. Uh, I remember playing Smash Bros with you guys. Yeah, and being blown away by it because no one else had a uh, Wii U to play the new Smash Bros on. So that was a treat. That's definitely one of the 12 people that bought one. I actually I enjoyed it. Like looking back, especially like for the virtual console, that's nice. You can just like. And it's very much like early Switch with the gamepad. I can just pop open a, a virtual console game and play it on the, the Wii U pad. That's nice, but yeah. Right. It's like, a, 
I can see why it didn't sell, but it was, I could definitely see like how it was a stepping stone for where the switch is today. Well, it was a, just a marketing failure too. Yeah. Like if they had, if they just done a better job marketing it, I don't know that it had been a smash hit, but like it had sold more. Yeah. No one knew. Well, it was everyone a, thought it was a Wii accessory. Yeah. No one knew yeah. it was a, its own thing. Big marketing failure at that point. Mm-hmm. Like if people don't even know what the product is, you messed up. All right. My number, my, <laughs> my gift. <laughs> yeah, Rob, what's your number uh, number one gift? So my number one gift, I kind of went with like the memory and excitement and like what it meant for me. I don't remember a lot of gifts. I don't know. Like, I don't know why, but like this one just stands out in my memory. And I was in elementary school, you know, went to bed, wasn't expecting anything. There was like a few presents on the tree. The next morning I wake up, though, and there's like a, there's a bike under the tree. And for some reason, like my my kid brain just d- couldn't comprehend that my mom could have like went out and like or like hit it in the garage and like brought it in. So I'm just like, how did she get this in here? Like, how did she how does she where did she hide it and all that? And it's just like a stupid kid brain where you're not thinking that this would have been easy to hide. But yeah, I just I, I love biking as a kid. So for me, getting a, a new bike was the coolest thing ever and the most hyped I've been. Like I probably had the Ben Wyatt like dumbstruck face walking into the living room that that morning and yeah I I, I just I loved it great time got me outside so that's my my favorite gift that really stands out in my memory. Did it, what color was it? It, Did you it, say? it was red a red bike. Nice. I think I had three speeds so you know ho ho I was cooking. It's crazy to think how like biking was the best as a kid like you just felt so free rolling around in the neighborhood on your bike and now if i have to bike somewhere i'm just not going i still like biking like i can't stand it i'll walk all day long for pleasure but i have no interest in getting on a bike dude i wish it's probably because i biked to so many jobs that it's just a bad that's memory. fair yeah yeah that's fair my last bike i had stolen from me at college and i'm i'm still kind of upset about it Ooh. It, it was something I could see you doing, Mike. It was, I think, <laughs> I, well, just, <laughs> yeah, wild. just the amount of effort, like, like they had to plan it because. Shots fired! So it was like some, some, uh, I think I left it over like Thanksgiving break or something, like tied, chained it up. Ooh. And it, it was on my second story balcony. And these, these mother effers climbed up there, like took pliers, broke the chain and stole the bike and everything and ran off. And I'm like, oh my God, just the amount of effort. You'd have to think and like you'd have to like crazy climb your way up there. Man, I was, I was so mad. I would like to apologize for my previous indignity. Um, that does sound like something I would do. <laughs> like if I was going to steal a bike, like there'd be some level of pride where I would have to steal a bike off yeah. a balcony, not a ground floor bike. That's that's too easy. There's no fun. Mm-hmm. There's no sport in that. Did you guys ride bikes as kids? Like, what was your the area you were allowed to ride? So yeah, for me, I grew up uh, in a pretty bad part of Detroit, so I only got to drive, I only got to go for on my block. But it was a old tree that lifted up part of the sidewalk. Oh, you took it like a, a jump. Oh, 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 oh yeah, I was on the X Games mode as a child. <laughs> I, I was I was killing it. So I had a really good time. So I remember that very fondly. There's nothing like finding a good crack in the cement to just rip off. That was that was so much fun. Especially if you had like some shocks. Like I remember my first bike that had actual like suspensions. 
Because other without those, it just be like, doom, you just hit it hard. But like after that, you're just like, man, I could do these jumps all day. Yeah, my uh, my joints now wish I'd known what shocks were then, but uh, I had no idea, and my joints were good, so I just didn't. I was like, I'm a kid, I can do whatever I want. Nothing hurts, and I hate that little bastard now. <laughs> yeah, for me, it was my subdivision, and then when I got older, I could ride a mile down to Seven Eleven and ride back. But it was my subdivision, and then once it started to get dark, I'd head home. Yeah, I remember growing up. Slowly increased in distance that I was allowed mm-hmm. to uh, travel from the house. When I was really young, it was just as long as you can see the house and go that far, and then a couple blocks, and just the distance slowly grew as I got older. I remember there was one time me and Jacob and Andrew were biking somewhere. I was over at their place. I, th- I think I was probably riding one of your parents' bikes, and I was like, I was, I had my cell phone out, and I was starting to play music for while we were biking. I was fiddling with my phone in my right hand and so i was holding the left handle and just instinctively braked because we were speeding up because we were going downhill but it like i don't know what i was thinking because left brake equals death and we were going just fast enough that i threw myself off the bike and i was able to like catch myself and land but the bike did a full flip and the tire just bounced off the back of my head and it hurt so bad but at the same time i was so like i was actively aware as it was bouncing off my cranium like this has got to be i don't know maybe at most 20 percent of the total surface area of the bike is inflated rubber and that's the part that hit me instead of solid aluminum so like i was also kind of grateful and then my head kept at the time you were grateful what did you say at the time, you were grateful, like while this was happening to you. Oh, you I like, was oh. Imme- like, I was like, "Ow, this hurts!" But also, wow, I got really lucky. That was the tire, and not the handlebars. Wow, I, or like uh, a, a gear, you know? It could have been so fair. much worse. That was something you really had to just see, <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I wish that, I could have. Like, no way that could ever be replicated. No, not a chance. It looked like watching a cartoon in real life. That's most of my life, dude. Man. The amount of times I like fell off my bike as a kid and just got scraped up and walked home. There was a good amount. Oh yeah, I think it stitches oh, well, once. Okay. Oh dang! Yeah, I was oh, riding wow. and then only used the front brake on the bike, so I flipped over yeah. and bashed my chin up and had to go to the hospital and get stitches. Oh, so what's got the, scar what's there. the worst? Is that the worst injury you ever got on a bike? On a bike, yes. All right. Everybody else, what's your worst bike injury? I got gravel. I, I Have I told this story yet about a girl with a bike? I don't think so. I don't think so. Most, yeah, the, the most damage I ever got on the bike was uh, I fell. And it was like it was like gravel and like glass. And it just like ate through my like, leg. It was really rough. Cool. Ground beef over there, you know? Pretty much, yeah. It was, uh, it was a lot of time. But it's a pretty good story, though. You should tell it sometime. For me, it was more damaged pride than actual damage physically but uh mike and i were at family camp together we were at the bmx course when it was still the bmx course there was that giant hill you could go down and get some good air yep uh and we were uh taking turns uh and we were like in a group because it was group time to give the parents a break so we were with a group of people (laughs) around our age he'd done a few laps at that point so i'm feeling comfortable and I just booked it uh, down this hill going as uh, fast as I can. And I got so much air and felt really proud of myself for about two seconds. 
uh, before wiping out and just uh, shredding my pants open how I oh. wiped out. At least it wasn't so, skin. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, just, like, whole half of my pants are just gone now. Oh. And uh, just had to stand there in front of everyone. And, uh, like, I think you took the bike. Someone took the bike. The counselor just came up to me and he's like, why don't you just head back to the cabin and get a new pair of pants and come back when you're ready? It's hard to come back from that one. And uh, <laughs> I just, you know, uh, kind of hard to come back from that, huh? <laughs> I, I, I got to the cabin quickly and then uh, kind of slowly processed everything. And I'm not sure if I actually went back or not. I was pretty embarrassed at that point. Yeah, that's fair. It's crazy how many like, injuries. Crazy. I don't know why they thought a BMX course. I mean, I, obviously it'd be fun, but like the amount of injuries that happened on that course was insane. Yeah, dude, my dad's shoulder is still not right. He separated it on that BMX course, and yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah, that. my my worst one was it was. I mean, I didn't separate anything. I had a Batman and Robin bike. It was my first no training wheels bike, and I could ride it. I could ride that one to the end of the block and back. So you have the you have the handlebars, and then you have the point where they connected to the rest of the bike, right? And there was a like a black rubber washer involved in there, and so it was just a black circle, and then a, there was a line where like they sealed the the washer into a certain like I don't know, it was cut, they had to slide it in, and then they sealed it somehow, and so it looks kind of like a radar if you used your imagination, right? Circle, line, Batman bike radar it all worked and so i was chasing some bad guy and i was looking down at my radar and i drove right into the neighbor's car it was parked um (laughs) but the bike came to a stop i kept going full like full crotch fork just apparently it was loud enough that my dad heard the collision next door and was like came outside to find me just like hobbling back dragging the bike behind me and I was legitimately pissing blood for the rest of the like the next two days. Ooh, yeah, that was that was like a top five just memorable childhood wipeout. That one was that might be the number one. That one was brutal. Yeah, they bought me a humongous thing of vanilla ice cream and the VHS of the Robin's Reckoning Batman the Animated Series episodes. It's not worth the hurt, but sometimes you know. Those after hurt, yeah, they're solid. Mm-hmm. I, I think that was the only after hurt gift I ever got. <laughs> like I had to be pissing blood to get a sympathy gift. <laughs> also, I got to imagine that I caused some kind of trouble for my dad driving that hard into the side of a neighbor's car. Like that had to have done some damage. But I'm, I never sure you could just anything. like suction it out, like a dent out. You know, some people like use a a plunger, like some right. suction tool to pop out a dent right i think it might i could be wrong i think it i don't think you're supposed to park blocking the uh the driveway i don't know if that's illegal or if it breaks an ordinance or what but i would not have been surprised if my dad was like hey man my kids hurt because you parked wrong and like turned it around on them but yeah no it was like i i imagine that could have caused some tension they were a family that cared about their vehicles too have we all gone for gifts yep the final uh the final christmas Question is, what is your number one favorite Christmas tradition? Oh, and I'm next. Uh, for me, 
It was it was an extension of I think it would be cheap to say my favorite Christmas tradition is getting together for Christmas, right? Like obviously that can't be the answer. But after we would do the Christmas Eve service at church, we'd all go back to my dad's house or my mom and dad's house. We would we would do presents with the immediate family and we would have a sandwich bar. And uh, the next door neighbors at the house we lived in when I was in high school were named Bill and Betty. And Mr. Bill was just a he was the coolest type of old dude. Like he always had a joke. Like one time he just like we hung out with them because Bill had a bunch of chocolate beer that he was like, I want my I want your dad to try this. And so they just invited themselves over to like to share this beer with my parents. When we took the ACTs, you would get a afternoon half day because the juniors would take the test in the morning and then you'd go to school for the second half of the day. And there was just one random day he was driving back from something while I was walking to the bus stop for the afternoon half day. He was like, get in, man. I'll tell you, like he just gave me a lift to school. Bill was super cool. Uh, but Bill died at some point. He was old. And it was just Miss Betty in that big house. I mean, big for one person. It was a tri-level. It was nothing special. But for like five Christmas Eves in a row, it snowed really hard. And so myself and my dad and my Uncle Paul, when he was living with us, we would all go out and we'd shovel our snow. And then we'd try and be real sneaky. We'd try and shovel Miss Betty's snow. And she would always catch us and be like, you got to come in and have hot chocolate. And none of us, we're all introverts. None of us actually wanted to do that. But you, how do you tell the widow next door, no, we won't come spend time with you on Christmas Eve. Easy. We have no one to spend time with you. No, yeah, we well, got more snow to plow. Bam. Got you right there. <laughs> you have to get the next uh, neighbors yeah. over. Yeah, we never thought of that. But it was like, I I just love that. Like, I like shoveling snow. It's a weird thing about me. I find it so peaceful. And, you know, Christmas Eve with my family and we go and we'd shovel Miss Betty snow. I freaking lived for that. And yeah, it really bummed me out when they moved to a neighborhood that didn't have sidewalks. It's like, whose snow are we going to shovel when it doesn't snow on Christmas anymore? I also love it. I love one of my favorite things to do for people is shovel their snow. Right. Is, um, I've always, always enjoyed it. So yeah, I definitely understand where you're going. That was how I made my money as a kid too, was I would just yeah. go shovel drives and like, <laughs> there was, there Didn't was you have one your time. sister be like the spokesperson and then you would shovel. So what it was was after a while, I got old enough that people were looking to hire me because it's like, ah, it's like a junior in high school. He, the cute factor has gone. So I would bring my sister with me. We split the money 50 50, but I'd have her ask. And while she was asking, I'd already start. And so if they said no, she'd be like, they said no. And I just stop. I'd leave their snow <laughs> half done. Uh, oh, I thought it would be if you put the snow back on. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that. the thing is, that's more work. And I was all about efficiency. So just move to the next house. But so many people were like, ah, oh, how can you say no to the little girl? Plus, it's already like this dude's flying through it. And yeah, there was there was one Chris or one winter. Jacob and Andrew came over. And we all we all went out and we shoveled a few houses and we all decided like, hey, let's go to Caesarland and blow all this money we made. And it was the funniest thing because, Jacob, your mom got there and my mom was telling her like, yeah, we went to Caesarland. And and guess how the boys paid for Caesarland. And your mom gave you this death look and she was like, did Jacob bring money? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have no idea what the dynamics behind it were, but she was so upset. At the idea that Jacob just rolled in with like a roll of cash. It was like, we're going to Caesarland. 
Jacob, did you steal money from your parents as a kid? <laughs> no, I'm trying to think why that would have been an issue. Just pulls out a I, wad, starts licking his fingers, and like Land, Michael. But I don't remember that part. Well, my mom saved you real quick. She was like, "No, no, no!" They went out and shoveled and made the money themselves, and so it it was this really brief moment. But I just remember, like, I, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because your parents make more money than my parents, and it was like. One of those things where like people get weird about money. I, I don't know what it was, but there was just this moment where your mom was like, oh, Jacob. And then it was and then your mom was like, no, no, no. Be proud of the boys. They worked for this. <laughs> I definitely wasn't like she gave me a death stare. Oh, she was so upset. I mean, it was super brief. It, 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 I don't even know if you were in the room for it. Yeah, like I, it might have been like, there. Did, yeah. did she pick us up at Caesarland? No, no, she picked us up at our house. At my, my, she picked you guys up at my place, and my mom was just so excited to tell her how we all worked for this money. <laughs> and your mom just like, I don't know, I have, I don't know what it was. I was in, I was in high school, and it didn't even. I was just like, oh, that was weird, and it, but it just always stuck with me for some reason. Like, I don't know what it was. You'll have to ask her about it. Well, she probably doesn't kid, remember. When I was a kid, I was constantly blowing my money on stupid crap that I didn't need. I, might like, I, I bought like weekly comic books when I was a kid and collected all sorts of nerd merchandise that uh, now has either been sold or lives in boxes. So like yeah. I wasn't a good uh, saver of my earned money. Yeah, That's same. I, whenever I had cash, there was a, a hole burning in my pocket. I just had to spend it. Yeah, right? me as well. So many Mountain Dews. Thankfully, that's what my wife is for. Now we actually have some money in our savings. And, you know, if something bad happens, I won't be screwed. I'm going to have to ask about that. I'm really curious myself now. Right. Well, you see, I, I, mean, I, I'm, I like I said, I burn a hole in my pocket. And my wife actually tells me to save it. So <laughs> thank you, Mike, for getting a the laugh there. Oh, okay. I, really, I thought that was a dog at first. I, I didn't know if it was laugh or like you were hitting the guns. I, I saw it like, yeah, that was the craziest sound. <laughs> I'm uh, I have a mild head cold going on, and it was one of those like nostril laughs, ah. which then just combined to make whatever that sound was. But no, I appreciated that. I I love when I make a joke and only one person laughs at it. Like there's something about that to me that is almost more satisfied than satisfying than bringing down the house. We were doing a raffle at work today, and I was in charge of the the like there was a tr- little treasure chest that all the raffle tickets went in. And there were three people filling out their raffle tickets and somebody went, oh, that's a really cute chest you have there. And I said, thank you. I've been doing a lot of push-ups lately. <laughs> and just the dude got the joke and it made it better in my like he laughed so hard and everyone else just like looked at me confused. And I, I don't know. I like it more when the joke only hits for that one person. It's like, there, there you go. There you go. That's that's a special moment we have together. Uh, Christmas traditions. Who's next? Uh, my favorite tradition is very similar to yours, Mike, and uh, it is Christmas Eve evening. As a kid, just the anticipation of uh, next day is Christmas was sometimes just as exciting as the actual day of. When you're a little kid, you're waiting for Santa, and my parents would do all sorts of little things like uh, they'd have bells go in as we were getting ready so we thought santa was in the area and uh just setting up the cookies and stuff 
And uh, we would always go to church beforehand. In my church, we did uh, this uh, candlelight and carols. So it was yeah. a really fun aesthetic. And we just sang Christmas music. And that was just an absolute blast. I loved uh, all the Christmas carols. And then we'd uh, go home. And we always got to eat some of the cookies the night before. And we would consistently read A Night Before Christmas. And then my dad would read uh, the Christmas story from the Bible. And we'd end it with, you get to open one present early. Classic. And uh, that was a blast. I don't know why, but uh, at one point, Andrew and I had bunk beds. And one of us ended up waking up at like 2 a.m. right after like my parents had gone to bed. And we didn't know how to tell time at that point beyond, <laughs> like, I, I know what the clock says when it's getting closer to night and the numbers go up. So when they're early like that, that means it's morning. So we came in and woke up our parents at like 2.15 in the morning. Like, it's Christmas, guys! For some reason, they weren't excited about it. <laughs> I can picture your dad right now, and it's delightful. But then uh, growing up over the years, like... Christmas Eve has still been one of my favorite traditions with Christmas. Still, Candlelight and Carols continues to be a blast. Now I spend uh, Christmas Eve every year uh, with my uh, wife's family. They have their uh, own traditions where they do a very specific dinner. And it's very focused on uh, just uh, being grateful and spending time with your family and uh, looking forward to uh, your future hope. We get to go and talk to each member of the family and say, this is what I hope for you in the next year. These are all the great experiences I had this year. And it's just a really great uh, time of fellowship and family mixed in with good food. So for me, favorite tradition is always going to be Christmas Eve. Is that the, what is it? The seven fishes? Oh uh, yeah, we do. Yeah. I, the first time I ever heard about that was in the bear. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, yeah, but it isn't. Dude, it is, the Seven Fishes episode is one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. But the family involved is unfathomably dysfunctional. And so it's really it's really interesting to hear the perspective of Seven Fishes from not a family that's trying to, like, kill each other. It's a positive perspective. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, when I hear Seven Fishes, my blood pressure goes up. So, to, like, you were describing it, I was like... Could this possibly be the same thing? Yeah, dude, it, it's great. And it's just, like you said, it's kind of unfair to just say, like, spending time with the family. But, like, right. no, but that's family seven fishes is like, a, a, that's a big established tradition. That is, that is absolutely not something yeah. I'd push back on. I would not be a fan of that. But I just can't take compliments well. So things like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it sounds like hell on earth to me. But for normally well adjusted people, I'm sure it's great. Yeah, you, you guys remember Teen Classic, how they would have the affirmations like you write on oh, people's I hated circle. those. Oh, my oh, gosh. Wow. I forgot about that. I, I, I'm just not good at, like, taking compliments, so I, I just hated every moment of it. Since you've been married. I'm well-adjusted, and I'm kind of shocked, but thank you. <laughs> what do you say, You Luke? are... Uh, I was going to say, since you've been married, have you been taking compliments better? Uh, I mean, it's, it's different from your wife, like from your significant other. Like, I don't know. But like if my boss or someone gave me a compliment, like, thanks. Is it a raise? No, I don't want it. You <laughs> save those up until the compliments add up to a couple bucks. There you go. We'll talk. That's what I'll talk. And then we could talk. Yeah. Then I'll be fired. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my favorite family tradition is cutting your Christmas tree uh, the day after Thanksgiving. So um, 
yeah, pretty something that we've done since ever. I, I don't remember not doing it. I don't know. Something about it was just always fun to me. So my family would we would drive out an hour away to like these big tree farms, and we would spend hours looking through every single tree. Uh, and my dad always had this like parameter that he never shared with anybody, but he he was always the final call person. And uh, if it's pretty much like a we're, we're pretty much like everybody would find their tree, and then you would stand by that tree. And the family would go around and then they would talk crap about how bad of a tree you would pick. <laughs> and, you know, each tree, you always have, you always have like a facing, like what, uh, like the, the, the side of the tree that people that would look at and then the back of the tree. And so you would have to find the, the pretty side of the tree. You would have to get the right height. Uh, and then we would always pick different, uh, tree. We would always pick different trees. So like, I can't even remember. I can't even remember anymore. Like blue spruce, it's like all oh, these all these different types of trees. Some of them are softer, and some of them are harder. And we would do that every year. Ooh. And I remember one year for some reason uh, we were late, and it was already pretty much dark, and it was snowing. And we picked one where it just looked like somebody's house. Like they were working out of their garage. I don't know how late it was, but as a kid, it was like pitch dark. And we still did our family tradition. I just remember feeling a lot of peace. I love like snow. I love like snow. Like in the dark, just mm. like, I don't know, it's just very, very calming. It's one of my favorite, one of my favorite memories. I'd never had a, a live tree. I always wanted one, but my mom just didn't want to deal with like the cleanup and everything. So I've only ever had artificial trees. Yeah. Yeah. The the smell alone is uh, crazy. It's like, it's such a good time. So I definitely recommend it. Yeah. When, uh, when my parents were still living in an apartment, they got a live tree. It was after Christmas. The tree was getting ready. Like, the tree was starting to die. And she called the leasing office. And she was like, hey, where do you want me to dispose of the tree? And they said, oh, yeah, you're not allowed to have live trees. That's in your lease agreement. And she was like, okay, sure. But I have one. Where do you want me to put it? Like, I understand that I messed up. I got to get rid of this thing now or otherwise it's going to be more of a fire hazard. So what do you want me to do? I think your mom told me that story once and the way she worded it is uh, I asked them, Hey, now that Christmas is over, what do I do with my tree? Ah, and they, they said, tell her to box it up. Make it box. <laughs> 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 my first tradition is something I started with my wife. So it's only, you know, one Christmas old, but I, I think it's, my favorite mostly because it's it's something we started together and it's not anything that I've heard other people do or anything like that. Um, that is Christmas morning, waking up and then making some uh, hard hot chocolate. So, you know, you just take some Baileys, make a hot chocolate and add it in there and then just like sitting and talking and enjoy and like talking to each other and having a good time and then opening presents. It's, you know, obviously you can't do that every day because you got to go to work and all that and driving, but it's just. It's, it's a fun thing that we've done, and I, w- I would highly recommend it. And spiked hot chocolate is dangerous. Like, uh, you could easily go overboard with that. But thankfully, uh, the one time we did it, nothing. <laughs> that did not happen. Dude, I love a boozy hot chocolate on a cold day. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite things. It is the best. That's pretty good. Like, that, is, that is hard to beat. Plus, it's like, where are you going? You're not leaving the apartment, you know? So even if... Even if you, it's so easy to overdo it. If you make it, if you make it good, it's you don't even notice it. But it's like, yeah, you have one too many. You're just sitting on the couch either way. Yeah, might make uh, calls with family a little more interesting. But you know, 
in some cases, more enjoyable. <laughs> Got to be extra jolly. I hear, you, right? I hear your mother-in-law is a real piece of work. So, you know, a couple extra <laughs> shots to Bailey's could he can make that easier. <laughs> Don't get her started on uh, Lord of the Rings. You'll be there all day. That's true. Close second, though, is uh, kind of what Jacob was saying. Candlelight for uh, Silent Night. The candle, candle carols. So funny. You want to know a fun fact? You don't like that? I hate candle lighting carols. <laughs> I like just that song. Like, uh, it's just the whole atmosphere. I like that when I hear that song, I know candle lighting carols is almost over. <laughs> Mike, is it different for you because you've done so many uh, worship leading gigs over the years? I imagine that plays a part, but I have not cared for Christmas music since I was like 14, 15. Like there was just some, there was just some point where I was like, I'm over this. It annoys me. Yeah. I just don't like it. It's all you do. Everybody's wearing sweaters, which until recently I was not a big sweater guy. All these people that I know well and who aren't that happy are all acting happy. And that bugs me. I'm just like, if you're sad, be sad and work on being happy all the time. Don't pretend to be happy because there's snow on the ground. I'm not a big Christmas guy. I'm working on it. Trying harder. I have a daughter now. I'm trying to like Christmas for my daughter. It's 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 a gradual thing. It's it's I'm getting there. Next year, Michael re- will do more Christmas cocktails and he'll have a better time. That's true. That could be it. That could be it. I'm, I'm a recovering to- Grinch. It's what it is. <laughs> I've started to craft some uh, Christmas cocktails. You meet Jolly at the next family party, Jacob. <laughs> Mike, do you want to tell the Christmas story? Oh my gosh! <laughs> so that was I would love to. So okay, okay. So the thing about Jacob and I's shared family is that they are so unbelievably loud. There are lots of us, and rather than everyone going, "Hey, if we all talked at a normal volume, we'd have just as hard a time hearing each other," but Michael's not going to get a headache and want to just run into the cold and die. We all try to talk over each other, and it's still impossible to hear anybody. Uh, it's like I'm so glad to see all of you. I can't hear a word anyone's saying and I like my head is getting worse. And like, it is one of the only times I like for the long, like I, the older I get, the more I understand anxiety. I didn't understand that I was experiencing anxiety every time we had Christmas with this side of the family. Cause there was just so many people and not enough room. And it was so loud and sounds were anyway, Jacob and I turned 21. There were new coping mechanisms to be explored. And there was one Christmas where Jacob had several too many and dude was feeling no pain, none whatsoever. And I could tell, but nobody else noticed. (laughs) And like, it was just this thing where I wasn't going to ruin Christmas to be like, guys, Jacob's plastered. It was instead, it was just something I was like, I was watching. It was like, it's you turn 21, you're learning your limits. Every like everyone's having a good time here have a beer you know blah, blah, blah. and like he, he drank too many it happens we've all done it uh um, perspective uh, i had uh turned 21 two months ago yeah like he's and, he's a novice he's he's still learning and prior to turning 21 i was in the best shape of my life i was running at least 10 miles a week like i was uh consistently working out I was eating pretty well. And then I discovered beer. <laughs> uh, slowly just lost uh, my nice figure. <laughs> but so, uh, like I, at this, so at this point, I hadn't experienced a hangover yet. 
Uh, I just knew that uh, alcohol tasted pretty good the way I was having it. And it made me feel good. Right. And And, uh, I can't can't stress enough how stressful it is if you like have sensory, like if too much noise overloads you. It was so bad that our our Uncle Dave, when uh, he would show up and intentionally stay up until four in the morning and then sleep through half of like family Christmas <laughs> because he needed the time to be alone. <laughs> like we all love these people. We just need to get a bigger house and then soundproof the ceiling. Like, oh my goodness. It, it is a lot. There's just too many things happening. But it, it the moment that made it truly spectacular for me, I, I'm going around, we're, we're, we're heading out. I'm saying my goodbyes. And uh, I walk down the stairs. Jacob's like halfway down the stairs. He's moving kind of slow. I pass him. I say goodbye to everybody else. <laughs> Head back up the stairs. And he's still standing in the middle of the stairs. And I was like, hey, man, I'm heading out. You good? And he goes, yeah, I'm just taking a break here. <laughs> I was like, okay, man, you have a great you have a great night. You clearly are. And I, I was I having that being a really fun party. Yeah, yeah it was it was it was a good one. It, but it was it was so funny because I went to dinner with my grandparents. Where I don't know how it came up, but Grandma goes, "You know who could play a really good young Santa Claus?" I was like, "No, I have I have no idea, Grandma. Tell me." And she goes, "Jacob. He was just he was at Christmas, and he had so much Christmas spirit, and he had rosy cheeks." And he was just so jolly. And I almost bit a hole in my tongue, not being like, Grandma, he was sloshed. Hey, Jacob, where can we, uh, where can the audience find you at? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, the best place to find me is on my YouTube channel. Search Jacob Pisar. That's P I S Z A R. You can also find me on Instagram where I'm doing a great new uh, series of AI images and really diving into and exploring all the incredible things we can create with that. And that'll be in the description. Yeah, go check him out. He's got some he's got some crazy cool animation stuff. He's been uh, he's been helping me out as I've been learning and uh yeah, check out that series. He was showing me some of the stuff he's doing with the AI in Photoshop. It's it's wild. It's mind-boggling the stuff you can do. Thanks so much for coming on, man. It was awesome to have you be a part of the show and if you guys had as good a time as we had give us a like comment and subscribe if you want to hear any any uh topics in the new year let us know and we would be super happy to to cover them and next week we'll be talking about uh our top five experiences for this past year Ooh, i like it sweet we're doing that uh new year's break and then i'll pick up back up to you lucian and until next week keep the change you filthy animals merry christmas Merry Christmas. Happy Chrysler. Happy Festivus.